are we doing this? I don't know, Sim. You the, tell me what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> I, I show is, up here. This is exciting. We're doing a crossover. Karen and Georgia from My Favorite Murder are in your house right now. Yay. Thank you guys so much Hi. for being Hi. here. Hi. This is like the most efficient way to podcast, isn't it? Everybody gets <laughs> together in one room and yep. talk all at the same time. Right. Um, I would like to describe the setting, though. We are now, we're in like the what we call the mole room because there's this massive poster of this horrible movie called The Mole People that's from like 1946. And... Uh, and we so we call this room the mole room, and now it's it's incredibly dark and lit with candles, and um, we're gonna talk about our favorite murder. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to our lives, Bloody yeah. Mary. <laughs> right? <laughs> it does feel like that. Have you guys always been attracted to like morbid things? Like very attracted to. Yeah, I have. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, huh. in a creepy <laughs> it's, it's way. It's a challenge, though, because you've—I'll give you a tour later. But I, I have like a lot of shit around. That's—I have a few like skulls, <laughs> like a lot of taxidermy. Um, I the goal with the house was like, how can I make it look like the creepiest natural history museum where my <laughs> oh. the people that come over might feel like they could get you know murdered? And, Dream house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is haunted for sure. The mall room is haunted. It really is, isn't it? Absolutely. If any room's going to be haunted or any house, it's this. I always thought, like, with the haunted thing, like, we've talked about this on the podcast before, like, how interesting it would be if um, some somebody believed that their apartment at, like, the Oakwoods, like, B2108 <laughs> was, like, haunted yeah no that's not fucking <laughs> but see that's what i'm saying like why do ghosts only yeah. like gravitate towards like creepy darkness old things like jack just, warner like, 1982 we yeah, were talking about big stars haunting the oakwood right like they're really the big it's like betty davis is in my half bath <laughs> right now everybody get ready in the crown molding and the yeah. cheap crown. but we were talking about that how much creepier it is for a new build to be haunted than an old house because it's like yeah of course this place is haunted there's like people who lived here but if it's like a new apartment or house in normal people's cases then it's like well that this is a fucking the demon that's a demon, demon. it's yeah. not like gary sherman who died at right. like age 78 no. who just has a message like, for his wife <laughs> yeah he's not, not a dick it's not nice he never got married though oh is Aww. that what it is yeah he was just he was just a little lonely died of a heart attack mm. you know <laughs> his messages get out there yeah. really mix and mingle <laughs> try you to have find a, somebody the oakwood gym is like steps from your house and yet you won't <laughs> go try. exercise yeah don't be like me don't be like gary and die alone so sad <laughs> <laughs> um thank you guys so much for being here thank you um well, you're pretending like it's your show oh it's not my fucking show <laughs> well i'm just gonna tell the listeners what we're doing first so Fine. they know great Please. because it kind of is her show yeah but yeah. it's you know, we're just at her place it's our show it's true i get yeah. i get we're re- doing a full-on cross we're, you guys are getting the full unqualified treatment and we're gonna get the full <laughs> my favorite murder treatment i feel right. like a guest yeah. i feel like a guest maybe like you host this beginning part then we'll host that my know. yes i would love that okay. we move into the room we want to be in right <laughs> <laughs> which is full of dead people <laughs> my upstairs bedroom yeah. goodbye things get kinky in the half <laughs> okay i like that so anna you're gonna host the first part next week we're gonna release we're actually on the 22nd we're releasing this on the 15th and we're releasing steve right it's we're releasing the 22nd it will be the second I'm part falling asleep and then no listen what we're gonna do is it's very easy this is important this is very important we're gonna start with Karen 
You're going to talk about your favorite murder. That's right. Then we're going to go to unqualified deal breakers. Then we're going to take an advice call. After that, we'll end the show and then we'll come back next week. No, actually, we'll wait five minutes and then we'll <laughs> start again. And this time you guys are hosting and... Georgia, you're going to start with your favorite murder, okay. and Anna will go with hers, and then we'll do one more call, and we'll wrap it up. I love it. It's amazing. It sounds it. good, Can right? Can you go over that again a few more times? <laughs> this is the most, what's the word, like when things are planned that I've ever really experienced in a podcast. Is it planned? Plan- it's called planned. planned. Most planned. Well, we're oh. trying. We'll see where it goes. I'm sure that we're going to go That's off the rails. That's because you guys are wittier than we are, and <laughs> we have to like plan shit out. And we're not point. from Whittier. Are you reading from Whittier? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, should we jump right in? Let's, yeah. Do you want to do, uh, let's do your murder. Yeah, what let's do, do murder. Yeah. Okay. Just start, just. Go for it. All right, guys. Well, this is in when I got the email, the highly detailed email about what how this was going to go. Um, and it said my favorite murder. Like I've already done most of my favorite true, you know, like my t- my top 10. You know what I mean? We've burned through. Yeah, you've done. Uh, yeah, a bunch. So but I realized there was one I haven't done oh my God. that I do. Uh, and I've always been very fascinated by. And that's the BTK killer. Oh, my oh. God. Heavy hitter. So. Um, this is, but we're doing shorter versions than we normally do, right? This is kind of a bit of a Bacon. condensed. Mine's we have not. Other stuff Becky? What? <laughs> do you not know what I'm talking about? No, I do. Oh, I was, just, I was like, how do I make a lame joke? Because I'm actually not a comedian at all. Uh, look or, at me. I'm not either. <laughs> for a second, I honestly thought I was like, am I going to tell her about the worst man who's ever lived? This is kind of so exciting. Mine's not shorter. Is your shorter? I don't, it isn't, but I was. Gonna, I don't know that many details. Will you please? Okay. Yeah. So this right. is. I mean, I'm excited to hear about this. And somebody just give me a wrap it up if we need to like. Wrap sure. It up. Sim does an amazing. Wrap I have it a up great finger. wrap it up finger. I just do this. <laughs> okay, guys, wrap it up. <laughs> okay, so this all started in Wichita, Kansas, in uh, January fifteenth, nineteen seventy-four, um, and it's bad, bad, bad. <laughs> so. 15-year-old Charlie Otero comes home from school and he sees that his garage door is open, which is weird. Um, And he comes home to find the whole house a mess, but it's silent, which is insane because he has four other brothers and sisters. He's the oldest. Everyone else is younger than him. So he knows something is very wrong. His house has never been quiet in his life. Right. If there's five kids. Yeah. So um, he's walking around trying to figure out what's going on. And then he hears his sister yell, Charlie, come quick. Mom and dad are playing a bad trick on us. <laughs> so he goes upstairs. Oh, God, I'm getting chills. Oh, <laughs> Mom and dad. Uh, I'm only in the... I'm, I haven't even gotten through the first paragraph <laughs> yet. I'm That's st- how bad this is. Oh, I'm um, sad. So he goes upstairs, and he finds his brother and sister, Carmen and Danny, huddled together holding each other in their room. <laughs> and then he goes and checks the parents' room, and he finds his father, Joseph Otero, who was 38, uh, dead on the floor, um, bound and strangled to death. And his mother, Julie, who's 34, um, also bound and strangled to death laying on the bed. They're babies. 34 and you have four or five kids. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's how yeah. they did it back then. Yeah, that's just that's, so... Yeah, oh God. Just fill up that station I'm, just, I'm hung up on the bound thing. Like, are, like, are they... Like where are their their arms and legs are tied he in was front a big, of them? He and, was a big hog tire. 
Um, but like I'm not skilled. sure specifically okay, on okay. this, but like okay. with this guy, but you know what I mean? There's certain terminology that you use with like certain murder phrases and bound is definitely one of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, this guy was like on occasion. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, like with the word. Um, what's the word when you get all your intestines taken out? Embowled. Embowled. Disemboweled. Disemboweled. But Embowled. that's not sexy. Embowled is anyway. when you have them all put back in. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't relevant. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it. This is where it, it's even worse. So um, he yells to tell his. Uh, siblings to go find their other brother, Joseph Jr., and their sister, Josephine, um, and bring them to him, but they can't find them. And so they call the police. The police come. The kids get out of the house, and the police find Joey in a different bedroom, also bound uh, and murdered. And then they search the whole house, and they finally find Josephine, and she's been murdered. She's hanging from a pipe in the basement. <gasps> Um, yeah. So they, there's no indication of forced entry. The phone line has been cut. Classic, uh, horror movie style. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. Yes. This, for the scariest, uh, <laughs> results possible. Um, the family car's gone, uh, and there's no clues. The killer's left nothing behind until upon a uh, closer inspection, the police find that there is semen next to where Josephine's body was the in mom? the basement. That the mom the daughter. little girl in the basement. Oh, no. <clears throat> so, um, because they stole the family car, the first break they have is that a man, they finally find the car in a uh, grocery store uh, parking lot. And then they find a man who saw who was driving the car, but the only description they have of him is he's a white man with dark hair. Um, so That I, seems like to narrow it down, right? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... You've, you've just gotten rid of all those blondes. Yeah. And all those fucking gingers everyone hates. Listen, if you're on Mars and it's all green, little green men, then you're like, it's the one guy who's white and with, with dark hair. But unfortunately, yeah. you're in Wichita. You're in Wichita, yeah. Kansas. Yeah. A lot of whites. Yeah. Um, so why didn't the people at the Frosty Freeze, they should start to like clock like descriptives of every single mm -hmm. customer they have. I do that now. Do you do that now? <laughs> Another with this podcast, I'm like at, at our job at, at, at yes. Frosty Free. <laughs> yeah, listen, this podcast doesn't pay well. Uh, I do that now, where I'm like, I see someone strange in my like apartment building, and I'm like, button down, fucking uh, plaid shirt, and yeah. like, that's actually a description of my husband. But I wave at everybody in our neighborhood, like, oh yeah, like I'm just like, hi, I acknowledge <laughs> you, and then they're like, when was the last time you saw Anna? And they're like, well, she waved at me at seven thirty-five in the morning. <laughs> Like, I don't see you, you kill me. You see me. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. We see don't each other. Yep, yep, we got it. <laughs> I like those um, stories where a little kid who has some kind of autism spends a lot of his time writing down license plate numbers. What? And they, that kid then turns in his notebook and the cops end up finding somebody I've because he does that. Never heard that. Really? That's amazing. I've heard it on two different ones. What I love is when a little kid is like, he looked like a lion. And then you're like, this might have been a movie. Then you're, they're like, oh, the they're movie like, lion? you're so stupid, little kid. And then you see him and he's like got a lion beard and like, or he looked like a clown. And then it's like, he was a clown. Like when little kids say stupid shit and then it turns out that they're not stupid. Yeah. Like we're just, we don't have an imagination. Like he really loves blue popsicles. Right. And you're like, who has a blue mouth? <laughs> oh my God, it's Jimmy Blue Mouth. Oh, <laughs> fucking Blue Mouth. At it again. Oh, let's get back to the uh, 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, so so now a year later, there's two brothers, the Sebring brothers in, in Wichita. They turn themselves in for these murders. Um, they have records. The police um, search their house. Uh, they the brothers say that they had an accomplice that they killed the whole family and um that goes into the newspaper and on the news so about 11 months later um the local paper in wichita i believe it's the wichita eagle uh they get an anonymous call saying there's a letter in an applied engineering mechanics book at the wichita (laughs) public library um that the police need to go uh take a look at so they get the letter and it's from BTK and it's before he gave himself his name he said um those dude singular you have in custody are just talking to get publicity they know nothing at all and then the letter goes on to list in incredible detail exactly how the Otero family was killed and down to specific knots that were used and bindings and the fact that a radio was stolen from the house, which the cops hadn't noticed and no one had noticed until this letter. And then they went and checked it out and it was true. So now they know that they're communicating with the man who killed this family. Holy shit. So the police decide to keep the letter out of the press and they keep investigating. So two years later in March 17th, 1977, um, a man knocks on the door of Shirley Vian's house. Uh, she's a 24-year-old um, mother of two. Um, and the children answer the door and let him inside. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, he takes the children, locks him in the bathroom, puts a door under the door handle, then he strangles, strangles Shirley to death and binds her first, strangles her to death um, and leaves. The children get out. They are able to describe the man to the police, and they say he's a large white man with a carrying a big black bag. So nine months after that, um, it's December 9th, 1977, and um, a caller calls the police dispatcher and gives uh, them the address of Nancy Fox, who's 25 years old. And um, the police arrive at the address and find the body of Nancy tied up and strangled. And there's, uh, again, semen found near the body. And the killer's voice is captured on tape when uh, he called into the dispatcher. And um, so the police released this tape. Wait, it was him who called in to get them to come to her body? Yes. (gasps) What a creep. Um, I mean, so he calls. So the police released the tape uh, on (laughs) TV and they ask anyone who recognizes the voice to please come forward. No one uh, does. No one knows who it is. Oh so two months later, in February, um, there's a letter uh, sent to KAKE TV. That's right, Cake TV in Wichita. Aww. Claiming responsibility for the deaths of the Otero family, of um, Mrs. Vianne, and of Nancy Fox, as well as a- another unnamed victim. And uh, the caller the writer of the letter demands to be called BTK for bind them, torture them, kill them. Um, You're, yeah. 
Sort of a weird version of fuck, Mary kill, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's more past oh. tense yeah. as opposed to like future. Do you think Burger King sued? That's not funny. <laughs> That's in bad taste. Georgia, I thought it was very funny. No, thank you. But thank <laughs> yeah. you. Everyone supports you, Georgia. Thank you. <laughs> it's a supportive okay, so, room. Uh, the next day, the police chief uh, named Richard LeBunyan announces that a serial killer is at large in Wichita. Uh, his name is BTK, and he has threatened to strike again. Um, so, of course, everyone loses their shit in Wichita. Um, there is a rumor going around that this killer is targeting women with long hair. So almost all the women in Wichita, Kansas, cut their hair short. There's like a line. I want to work at <laughs> Beauty Cuts. Right. In 1977. We'll just give you a Wichita, nice dirty hammock. I'll be making bank. Yeah. We'll curl um, the bangs under. You want to work at this part back. Sheer bliss. <laughs> um, oh, this is horrible. It's, it's bad. A year later, in April 28th, 1979, um, a woman named... Uh, Anne Williams. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Anna. So, uh, Anna or Anna? <laughs> oh, I think it's Anna Ferris Williams. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's not cool. That's not cool. I knew that I was living in some kind of weird purgatory. <laughs> but okay. this is it. This is all that happens is someone says your name. I become a movie star. <laughs> and <laughs> this is the best purgatory ever. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so. This woman, Anna Williams, this is this is a crazy part of the story. She uh, has square dancing one night. And so she's supposed to, uh, normally she, from when she goes home from work, she's home around 7. But that night um, she was square dancing, so she doesn't get home until after 10 o'clock. Um, she's sweaty and like full of joy. She's been yes. flirting with cowboys. Square dancing, yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, love look, there's not a in- more innocent hobby yeah, no, that right? you could have. No. Like it's like in a boot. Yeah. Um, so she gets home and notices that her bedroom door is open and she knows for a fact that she shuts it every morning when she leaves her house. She picks up her phone to call the police and the phone line is cut. So she runs to yes. the neighbor's house. Yes, girl. And she, um, they call the police. The police go to her house and search her house mm. and they find a wire fashioned into the shape of a noose um, <gasps> next to the bed. And in a previous communication, BTK had promised that he was going to hang his next next victim. So Anna never, Anna never went back to the house. <laughs> hey, 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 we'll back it up. <laughs> Keep her Anna, okay? Um, what a weird promise. Yeah. You know, like, ice pinky swear. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, so she never goes back to the house, but her daughter goes by to pick up the mail. Uh-uh. Um, and they find a letter addressed to Anna's deceased husband, um, care of her, and it looks very official, but when they open it, they find a pair of her pantyhose inside and a drawing of what he had intended to do to her um, with a poem called, Oh, Anna, Why Didn't You Appear? So this 66-year-old woman who went square dancing instead of home uh, didn't get killed by BTK because of that. So... Seven years later, it's September 16th, 1986, and um, Vicki Weggerly, who's only 28 years old, is found by her husband when he comes home from work, strangled and near death. Um, so he calls the paramedics. They come, they work on her, and they get her into the ambulance, and they get her to the hospital. Um, the crime scene is completely compromised because they're all walking all over it, and she dies um, uh, of her injuries the police have no leads and the case goes cold. So 
30 years later, on the 30th anniversary of uh, the BTK killings, the Wichita Eagle publishes a recap. 30 years later? Uh-huh. And, not, and no new murders? Right. I was on Fuck. the Wichita police force. And I tell you what. <laughs> Did it eat you up inside? <laughs> I wrote for the Wichita Eagle on 30 years later. I was like, who? Wait, how has this not been solved? It goes forward in time and you have one gray wisp yeah. of hair like right on the side of your bob. It's real stylish. That's how we know the 30 years have passed for you. <laughs> That's it though, because I've had Botox ever since. <laughs> Still. So, so they, pu- they publish a recap of what happened and the effect that it had on the city. And um, uh, a couple days later, a letter arrives at the Wichita Eagle, mm-hmm. and it contains a photocopy of Vicki Weggerly's driver's license and photos of her <gasps> dead body posed. Um, so it's the BTK, Holy and he's shit. letting the police know that he has not gone anywhere, and he is not a part of history. And he begins to communicate with the police <gasps> um, through statements in the newspaper and personal ads and um, through letters. And they, the police basically convince him to start sending them packages because they know that anything that they have from him, they yeah. can get. Now there's you know, so much more forensic um, science that they can apply to all this because, you know, of course, back in the 70s, all they could do was collect stuff and put it in an envelope. Lick that stamp, motherfucker. Right. And put it so, on envelope. <laughs> exactly right. So they're trying to get him to do all that. Um, at one point, he's actually caught on surveillance video in his Jack ble- black Jeep Cherokee dropping off a package to the police station. What? Because he's like thinks he can never get caught. Um, so, uh, at one point, he asks the police if they can trace him through floppy disk, and they the police say no, 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 but the police are lying. Yeah, no, I guess no. That. This no, is I my guess big that. reveal. <laughs> The police were lying to Wait, him. I'm sorry. Police are not allowed to lie by law. <laughs> well, well, it turns out in this case. Wait, what? Yeah, you can. So, That's so they're inadmissible. Like, BTK, don't worry about a thing and go ahead and send us that floppy disk. Because his thinking was he had, an idiot. he had so many maps he wanted to show them and, and poems and things uh, that he wanted to communicate to them. That he didn't want to have to send it all individually. So he was like, I'm just going to throw it all into a floppy disk yeah. and send that over to you. And then you can have all my serial killer documents. And this they were like, fucking... sounds great. Do it right away. AP English or some shit. I don't know what that means because I was never in AP English. But I bet. <laughs> Advanced placement That English. you couldn't do that. No, you can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> so. They, they of course, trace him on that, and they find out that the person sending all of this is a man named Dennis Rader. He's a husband and a father of two. He's the city dog catcher. He's a church elder, and he was a Boy Scout leader. Um, uh, so he was in the entire time hiding in plain sight in Wichita. Oh, my God. Um, Any one of those seems like a serial killer job. Yeah. But, like, all to get, you know, like a dog catcher. Yeah. Well, the do-, do you remember that hometown that we had? We had somebody send us a letter and they were from Wichita. And the story they told was they had a dog that got out mm-hmm. and the, the dog catcher lived in his neighborhood and the dog catcher took the dog and took him inside his house. And then he went down to get the dog and the dog catcher was like, no, 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 you're, you have fines that you have to pay and you can't have this dog back and I'm going to take him into the pound tomorrow morning and all the stuff. The guy And the guy basically charged his neighbor and was like i'll beat the shit out of you give me my dog back and he got his dog back and went home and then like a month later 
it was revealed that that guy was BTK. So he basically almost got into started. a fist fight with a serial killer. You started some shit. Yeah. And he's like, give me my fucking dog. That's amazing. Um, Forgot about that. So essentially, Dennis Rader confessed to all of the killings, and then he confessed to two cold cases that they didn't know were connected to the BTK, which one was a woman named Catherine Bright who was stabbed to death in her home. She BTK was waiting inside her house when she got home he didn't know that she would be with her brother, Kevin, who um, he then shot and thought was dead, then went and attacked Catherine. And then Kevin got up and f- tried to fight him again. And then mm. he strangled him and thought he was dead again. And then he murdered Catherine and then turned around and Kevin's body was gone. <gasps> Kevin. And Kevin had gotten up and fucking ran out of the house. <gasps> Fuck yeah, Kevin. And called the police. So he, Can you imagine how scary that was? Like even for a serial killer to turn around and the body's gone? Oh, dude. That's <laughs> like even for a serial killer. For the most for a serial killer. <laughs> But even if you have no feelings at all, no. you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, so he, on that case, he, or that crime, he didn't clean up anything. He didn't do this, his normal um, stuff that he would do. He just like really quickly covered his tracks and ran out. So he was positive he was going to get caught on that murder, and he wasn't. And then the other one, um, <laughs> this, this, this is bad it was in 1985 he broke into the home of maureen hedge um who was one of his neighbors and after her male guest left for the night he got he snuck out of her closet turned down her bedroom light Mm. um he she sat up he pounced on her and strangled her to death and then he put her body in the trunk of his car oh no sorry the trunk of her own car and drove to the Christ Lutheran Church, where he eventually became a church elder, and uh, took pictures of her in various sexual bondage positions. Um, he had all of these pictures in his house, oh. and all of the pictures of all of his victims in his house when they arrested him. They found all of these files in his garage. Um, and so basically, he entered guilty to all counts, all 10 murders, and he was given. 10 consecutive life sentences. And he said um, in an early letter that he blamed his murders on what he called Factor X. Um, He said he was a big serial killer aficionado himself. And he said that all serial killers had the same um, Factor X from Jack the Ripper to the son of Sam. And he said that basically Factor X was a demon and he described it as something uh, that controls his desire to kill. Um, and he drew it uh, in th- varying ways, sometimes as a frog and sometimes as a more traditional looking demon. And that's yeah. the basics for the BTK killer, everybody. Okay, uh, can we talk a little bit about the death penalty stuff? Why do serial killers tend, some of them get a pass? Like you shoot somebody, let's say, once by accident during a you know when you're robbing a gas station you, if you're if you live in Kansas you're going to get like the death penalty why the fuck does he like get a pass he's serving pled guilty right I mean, I have no idea. We are the last people right. you should be You're asking these questions. I'm ready to advice. We have no idea. I can speculate. I'm the shit out of this, but it's all speculation. And I think it's because he made a deal that if he pled guilty, he wouldn't get put to death. Right? Most likely. 
I you guys no are both staring. I don't know. Because then you don't have to put the families through the trial. Well, it also depends on state by state. Some yeah. places have the death penalty and some don't. Amy, you could probably weigh in here. Um, I'm a actually federal prosecutor. Holy um, shit. Hey. <laughs> Why are yeah. you not getting in well, here? Yeah, Why? I don't know. I feel like a podcast called like my favorite narcotics distribution offense. <laughs> Doesn't like really have. No, have I want to hear same, that. Have the same ring. No, I don't actually do death penalty cases, luckily for me. So this isn't really something I, I can weigh in on. But certainly there's lots <laughs> we of reasons. Do there's lots of reasons of why somebody might not get the death penalty between like whatever the statute is to a plea agreement, like you said, or also there could be you know, they might have a petition. I mean, there's just a lot, there's a lot of different reasons. Is it rare to, to get a death penalty case based on all the things you can do to avoid it, even to go to trial that way? Yeah. You know, I mean, again, I do federal criminal law, so I don't speculate again, a ton speculation, this whole thing. I have worked on some death penalty matters. There were habeas petitions Mm -hmm. at the ninth circuit. Um, and they were pretty horrible, gruesome cases. I did not enjoy it, so I don't know how. I don't know how you guys. I just like, don't. You know what I'm saying? In like a, do this in, every day. <laughs> like, I don't. Like in where you know we tend to be whatever. Okay, I don't. I don't mean to go off on my weird tangent. Go off. Like why? That's what this podcast is. But I. But truly, like why? Like it seems like all right. If we're going to accept the death penalty, which I, I I'm not in like favor of, just in general on an ethical basis. But if you're gonna do, if we're gonna do it as a nation. Seems like the BTK guy, well, you know, <laughs> that seems like... Top of the list. Yeah. 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 Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of the... Uh, for me, a lot of the sentencing and, and that sort of thing doesn't really make a lot of sense. There's not like a... There's not a clear-cut one where it's like, well, he did this, so this is going to happen because historically this is how these people get charged. I it's just like, wonder if like the gruesomeness of fascination, like, is adds this undercurrent of like... Um, do we weirdly, clearly, like, kind of appreciate the the obsession and the and the oddness of mentality, and value that in a way that, um, or we can learn from it in some way. I mean, I think it's interesting. I de- I definitely don't like value it or appreciate it. Like, it's I don't think sort that the fascination w- is a positive. No, not at all. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. But, but there is something different about, like, um, the, the, like, the fascination of mind of somebody like this that you know whereas somebody else were a little more dismissive of yeah. like yeah 
Yeah, we'll inject you. Well, I always think it's a, it was a really interesting decision, and maybe even we lost something in the fact that uh, Ted Bundy was put to death because I feel like there's so much we can... It's a, the extreme of being uh, a sociopath and, a, and psychotic. We could have learned so much about the human brain based on just interviews with Ted Bundy, not with people who could be tricked. You know what I mean? And like, so we put him to death, and it's like, well, we kind of put ourselves out of... a a learning experience in a way. I mean, he was going to stay in prison for the rest of his fucking life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, I agree with you. My I uncle lived across the street from him, by the way. She, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. In Seattle? Yeah. Start oh, wow. over. Yeah. No, that's all I know. It's just that he lived, um, my uncle lived right across the street where Ted Bundy lived in, uh, he rented a room in an attic. Um, is this the same uncle who made the guillotine that yes. is on your front porch? Yes, it is. <laughs> Holy shit. He sounds like a badass motherfucker. He is. He is. He's awesome. Get uncle Roger. On the podcast. Uncle Roger. Roger, get on the podcast. <laughs> so, okay, I'm sorry. I did not mean to go off. No, 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 not at all. Um, no, because I was thinking about that. Like it is the, like Ted Bundy was interviewed a bunch at the end of his life. But I think people get so it's like you murder almost 40 women. And after a while, people are just like, get rid of him. Like, mm -hmm. we don't care what he has to say anymore. It's not that idea of like him getting to have, a, which I'm I also don't even know how I feel about the death penalty. I'm definitely not advocating for it. But I do see the mentality of people just being like, <laughs> do you want to die tonight <laughs> in this got, gorgeous got, home? Again, a guillotine, guillotine, <laughs> guillotine on the front porch. This whole thing is going to turn into like <laughs> some kind of game that Anna's is playing with us. <laughs> We're like, oh, wouldn't that be magical? <laughs> she tried to kill us in Guess all different ways. my favorite murder <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Run. <laughs> but like Dennis, what I think is fascinating about Dennis Rader is he was – um, like when he was the dog catcher, he was, they called it like the city. I can't remember the name of the term that was on the side of the van of this really good made for TV movie I watched, but he would do things like go around and measure people's lawns. And if your lawn was too uh, high, he would like take a picture of it and like give people a warning. And there was a story in this movie and I'm, I didn't have time to see if it was real cause I didn't know how to fact check it, but he in, but I think it probably, they put it in based on, something he really did, which is if somebody's dog got out, he would bring it to the pound and then tell the person they had to talk to him before the pound would release the, the dog to the person. And then, and so he would say they have five days to contact him and then he wouldn't answer his phone and then the pound would kill the animal. He did that in, in this made for TV movie. He did that to one woman. And I remember hearing about other things like that. So it's like, this person who is taking these weird little, like, you know, those people that love control yeah. and love power, even though like it's like me. the dog catcher power. Yeah. So I could see that in a way where Ted Bundy would get off on being interviewed. And it's like, he's not really being punished. He doesn't give a shit about staying in prison the rest of his life because all these people want to know about him. So it's almost like, kill a, that motherfucker. It's a really fucked up way to approach fame, isn't it? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like anyone, yeah. if you just want to be famous. Put it mildly. Yeah. 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 I was going to go through like two different avenues. I just knew when I was eight that I just really wanted to be famous. <laughs> Quote, either, like, famous. Acting or killer. Or whatever else it takes. <laughs> this is whatever it takes. Whatever. <laughs> if, if, if killing doesn't work, then you go with acting. I mean, they're or very podcast. similar. Who knew? Podcast. <laughs> very similar. But, but, but truly though, like the psychology, I guess, uh, maybe this is what you're getting at, Karen, is the idea of like, um, like the idea that he clearly wanted desperately to be known. Mm -hmm. Oh, Gave yeah. himself 
you know, like, he's the he's the reason he got caught. His yeah. own need His for own ego. that fame. Yeah. Like even two people almost got put to put into prison uh, because of the you know who admitted to it. Like you should be like, great, I got off of it. Just, he would have been. It would have been a lot. Yeah, that'd be the old double jeopardy thing we talk about. Where if those people were prosecuted for his crimes then he would have he would have been innocent and he couldn't let that happen because he wanted the credit my question is a fucking applied engineer book at the library you think people check that out enough that they're gonna find out they're gonna find that letter that he wrote applied engineer no no i think he no i think he put it in just specifically for the cops i don't think he stuck it there like forever Okay. He went and put it in and then called and said, it's in this book. Because <laughs> it was 11 months. I thought he was just waiting for some engineer student to go check this book out. And be like, oh, Smart look. people will get this. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no. I think he just rolled on up to the library. Listen, and listen I'm wait. I think George is totally right. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think he was like, this is an obscure one, but maybe like. Someday. Yeah. 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 Some lucky nerd who <laughs> loves numbers. Nerd. This isn't a post secret book where they like hide people hide their real secrets. Listen, uh, <laughs> that was fucked up. I'm glad you did that one. I feel no, like I, I feel like we don't do like famous serial killers a lot, but they're so such interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Like Ted Bundy, it's like we wouldn't. We have a lot. That. I grew up um, north of Seattle, and there's there's like yeah, you guys know you're oh, nodding Pacific your heads. Northwest. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's something. Up. Yeah, you guys something got the rain. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Loneliness, loneliness, depression, rain. control, not enough people getting laid. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so many layers of clothing all the time. Yes. That wool that scratches mm-hmm. on you Ugh. until you kill. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, do you remember a lot of this from when you were a kid? Well, I remember we had the Green River Killer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you um, hear a lot about it? Oh, yeah. It was like in the news all the time, like another body found, another body found, another body found. And, um, and then I heard a story that, uh, I don't know, you guys might know more about this, but, um, that apparently his coworkers at the gas or whatever he, the car mechanic place that he worked at, um, would joke that he, there would be, they'd be like, <laughs> dudes, the Green River Killer. No. Cause he's so boring. <laughs> I think, you know what? The, there's like the sense, there's the sense of creepiness that we're taught to ignore. Mm-hmm. And especially as women, um, and uh, like, because we want to be polite, we want to be kind, but some, maybe somewhere in us, there's that little tug of like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Not surprising. It might be a little creepy. Maybe you should avoid (laughs) that. The eyes are bad on that one. That's what I always think. Ooh, bad eyes. Yeah. Well, there, and also it's that like. overly nice creepy that you can't really explain it's the same thing of when like when that the guys who put girls who when a girl puts you in the friend zone they're like you don't want a nice guy and it's like no we don't want a creep who's like who's being nice to us not i don't know where i'm going on yeah no one who has an agenda agenda that's yeah 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 Yeah. for sure um okay sim just passed me my note sheet here are we supposed to yeah this is my subtle like transition okay you used to be way better at segues (laughs) you did he said this is a very strange show by the way it's a very strange segue how do we go from that murder to relationship deal breakers i mean serial killer relationship deal breaker (laughs) okay um okay so imagine you're single deal breakers ready uh he calls spaghetti paschetti nope goodbye bye He gets his balls professionally waxed every month. Well, no. that's polite. 
shave him. Waxing is fucking. What's the word? It's torture. Maybe he's like, he likes it though. It's part of it. Shave them. Shave them. That seems like there would be an awful lot of cuts. No. Everyone, calm down and shave your balls. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, he thinks OJ was framed. <laughs> Oh, that's. <laughs> You're like asking us to say yes to these questions. You're not. <laughs> they, they, yeah. No, Karen. I mean, I feel like these days with all these documentaries come out, it's hard to know. You have to really stay neutral on a lot of things. <laughs> but so I you, love arguing. You're going to still go out with this fella? I mean, it's it fine. If he's passionately yelling about it in my face constantly, then no. <laughs> oh, I then I'd it say yes. It can't be a singular passion. I love nothing more than to argue loudly at a bar with people about something. I don't even tell... I was yelling at Vince. We were talking about aliens at a bar, and he was like, I really don't like doing this. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I'm- Wait, are you pro or con? Aliens? Yeah. Well, it depends on what I'm ar- what side I'm arguing. Oh, I see. But I'm pro. You're just doing whatever. You're just arguing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pro. I like the idea that, you know, we're not like this singular, like a um, sort of abyss of loneliness. Just that there's other. <laughs> you, you doing okay? <laughs> Over there? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, not. We're all together. We're all together yeah. now. Yep. Yeah. Here we are. Yep. There's other things out there. We got to believe it. Okay. <laughs> During sex, he puts his finger up your butt. Without asking? Oh, As a we didn't clarify. <laughs> yeah, without asking. I mean, do, come yeah, on, first, ask. first time? Are we talking like seventh time? Uh, let's say it's fourth time. I need to be asked. I need to be asked. <laughs> it's a weird ask. <laughs> it is a weird ask. <laughs> Georgia, may I put my no. <laughs> index finger up your anus? No, I'm going to go pass on that. Okay. Karen's being real quiet on this one. <laughs> I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm just stuff. fantasizing. You know. <laughs> Guys, it's all sensation. I feel like our culture really makes us feel bad about stuff. I am so with you on okay. that. Yeah. So we know your answers. <laughs> <laughs> Two proud yeses or whatever. <laughs> Not proud. <laughs> uh, okay, he eats placenta in a shake every morning. <laughs> what? Who's placenta? Where does he get it? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a hookup. You know, lady he's got a placenta? guy, or I mean, not guy, like lady or animal. <laughs> yeah, it's wolf placenta. So then, oh, yeah, that's fine. Because then he's... I'm gonna go ahead and say a firm no on this one. <laughs> <laughs> There's take vitamins. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the way you have to do so it. So many vitamins out there. <clears throat> Okay, guys, but you know, <laughs> there's immortality involved. Oh. Is there? But you can still get hit by a car even if you eat placenta. Yes or no? Well, I'm right. Nope. <laughs> Nope. What? Not if you eat it every day. <laughs> you jump right over that car. You become immune to cars. That's amazing. Now I want to eat placenta every That's day. That's it. Keep. I want more fucking. I know. That was fun. That was fun. So we're gonna actually move on to an advice call right now. All right. We're going to call Katie, and she's in L.A., and she's 25. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Katie. It's Sim. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Here's Anna. Hi, Katie. Hi, Anna. We have two really special guests here. We have Karen and Georgia from My Favorite Murder. Hi. Hi. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. I was so you know who they are? Oh so I, I take it you know who they are. Yeah, no, I literally only listen to like three podcasts and one is Anna's and one is My Favorite Murder. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely know who you guys are. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> who are we competing with? Yeah, who's the third? 
do you know my brother, my brother, and yeah. me with oh, the yeah. McElroy brothers? Travis is great. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's my my third. Excellent. Well, Katie, tell us why your boyfriend's coworker is making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So, um, just a little background. My boyfriend uh, and I have been dating for five and a half years. Um, we've known each other since preschool. Um, we're best friends, you know, the whole thing. Um, I moved to LA in January for a job. Uh, he moved after me. We moved in together. He got a job also, um, which I was really excited about. I was kind of, uh, nervous about him moving with me. I didn't want there to be any resentment if he like hated LA or anything like that. So he eventually starts kind of, you know, making friends at work and going out with coworkers and things like that. And, uh, there's one guy that would just kind of make uh, snide comments about like if uh, my boyfriend and I already had plans, you know, to make dinner or something that night uh, and he was out with them at a bar, he would say, you know, okay, guys, I got to, you know, head home. Like Katie and I are having dinner together. And the guy would just kind of make these comments like, oh yeah, I got to get back and like make dinner for your girlfriend and blah, blah, like, or got it, you know, you're whipped or whatever. Like she's like, I don't know, things like that. And he would make these comments in front of all of the guys that they hang out with. Um, and then eventually he kind of started making them in front of me toward like to me directly. So like, for example, one night we all went out to uh, a bar for one of their birthdays and uh, my boyfriend and I are going to leave. And the guy comes up to me and, you know, like hugs me goodbye. And he's like, you know, thank you so much for actually letting him come out with us tonight and stuff like that. And it was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I mean, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, I, in, in any other, like, friendship, if someone were, you know, ragging on me like that, someone that I actually knew, I'd be like, okay, well, like, fuck off, whatever, I don't care. But, like, it's kind of a situation where I don't know this person and it's, like, a new coworker, and I don't want to, like, jeopardize his friendships and things like that and so i don't really know how to handle it i guess is my question here oh my god I've seen oh I, I know let's just let's go down the line <laughs> no no no, no. you guys go first well what is what does your boyfriend say yeah. when do you yeah, guys talk first, about yeah. it yeah so he's he's very non-confrontational like i would definitely say that i am uh the person to be like fuck off he's kind of the person to just ignore it and not pay attention to it not really like give it life i guess you could say so he's kind of the one that's just like oh haha oh i hate that so much that makes me so angry yeah my husband's like that too <laughs> um I, me too because i'm definitely confrontational i'm like yeah say something back like, Ever whatever, spray that motherfucker. Like... that's my first thought no <laughs> is he defending you at all um i mean i don't really know i haven't been in front of that like i mean he didn't hear it whenever the guy said it to me personally so i so he laughs it off because he because he's afraid like oh he's a professional connection and he'll laugh it off and he'll go back home and he'll just kind of take it but inside it i'm sure it really right. hurts him and it hurts you it's completely disrespectful i hate this guy right i guess to to me like because whenever we've kind of talked about it one-on-one -on -one here um he's just kind of like well if i don't feel like you're controlling or that i'm whipped or we have something wrong in our relationship then why does it matter what this random guy thinks i guess which i get but at the same time it's just kind of like i don't know what to say to this dude and i wish that i could have something to like give my boyfriend that's non-confrontational to like be like hey man maybe like 
gently fuck off kind of thing. I don't know. No, he has to say that. He has. I would tell him to completely fuck off. That's what I would say. But yeah, I but mean, I get same. it. He has yeah. a job and it's his coworker. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Have you ever tried cupping his face in your hands and saying who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) You could do something like that because it really does sound like a person who is either jealous of you, like kind of into your boyfriend. There's a lot of possibilities going on. But the idea that you would be actively trying to like pick on someone because they have a relationship is is very uh, it, it doesn't it's not a good sign for you as a person if that's something you feel the need to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's something to be revealed in that guy. And maybe your boyfriend gets the sense that he's like one of those aggro dudes that he just doesn't want to like start anything with. I bet this guy, the minute your boyfriend, and I want to say like, it bothers me that it, he's being called a friend and your boyfriend doesn't want to fuck with the friend and you don't want to ruin his friendship. That guy's not a friend. And the minute I bet your boyfriend who absolutely should say something to him says something, this kid will fucking start crying. Like I bet he's so fragile. I, I, yeah. I don't think his, I don't think his feelings should be taken into consideration. Don't we think that like somebody's like, like don't you think that he's, loves her or like lusts after her or like mm. is either her or him mm-hmm. yeah there's something but i think her, her there's kids. jealousy i think it's katie like i i think that the dude is is like like lusting after katie want like, you no know. i don't i don't agree with any of you guys really? i really think that this guy is just an Sim, asshole i'm very yeah. fun and attractive no. so. <laughs> <laughs> thank but you I katie like... <laughs> i totally feel that from you i can hear it in your voice sorry katie uh, i feel like the minute though you put like this romantic spin on it and oh he's less like then it's like he deserves some kind of kindness which if he is lo- in love with you and lusting after you well that's his fucking problem that's and he's totally showing right. it the wrong way yes. and yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just this this whole thing i feel like th- there needs to be a way to explain to your boyfriend how much this affects you and yeah. the minute he he needs to know that you're the person he should be defending not this fucking douchebag yeah that oh, would bother yeah. me a lot also that kind of that um young dude thing of like oh you're whipped or you mm-hmm. you go home and eat dinner together therefore right. that's a bad thing right, right it's indicative of a mindset that isn't healthy and isn't good like that those are those kinds of guys who are like women do this to men or whatever and he's so comfortable saying it and quote unquote joking about it that that's an that's another yeah. thing that that I don't know. I when I'm anytime I'm around guys that are like that, where I just am like, I just want to get away from that person. Like maybe that's 
not to defend the boyfriend so much, but maybe he's just getting a sense of like, this isn't one of those guys you want to get on the bad side of. And so it's putting him in this weird position. I was with um, a guy a long time ago in my early 20s. And uh, his best friend told him, he's like, oh, you're so pussy whipped. And then the dude told me that, that the best friend said that. And I, I had such complicated feelings because it was like, well, what are you trying to get out of me that you would tell me that? And also, what the fuck is this dude? Maybe you, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, you're right, Karen, though. It's that way of communicating that feels really youthful. Yeah. That, um, that, and also, and manipulative and, and weird and, and filled and with envy. Yeah. And like envy and angry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's also that thing of like, oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. You're like hiding behind a joke, but yeah, you're, you're taking it too seriously. That right. Kind of thing. But you're actually just sending a real message, which is, let it's, him do what he wants and fuck off. Katie, I hate to say it, but I, and I don't mean to like, I don't want to um, diminish your relationship at all because maybe you're so crazy about your boyfriend that you want to marry him and be with him forever or whatever. But uh, I do, I think that the fact that um, it, there's a little bit of a bro before hoe culture mm. happening here. Can I say something? That's not safe for you. Something I noticed too, like way in the beginning that I, that might be connected is when you said that you, he moved here for you and you want, you would feel bad if he wasn't happy here. And so you don't want to get in the way. It's not your responsibility to make sure that a decision he made is then, you know, it's not on you for him to be happy. So you being annoyed that this person he works with, who's not even his friend, like gets upset with him, isn't your responsibility in the same way that him finding a life and being happy here after he made a decision to move here. It's not your responsibility either, which is a hard thing to, I can't deal with that at all. I'm learning it in therapy, but like, it's just, <laughs> none of that is your responsibility. You, you have yourself to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. We have to start. Yeah. Very true. Thinking a little bit more individually. Like, like collectively as women. And I, I was going to say a little more like men, but that also feels, that feels like we're handing over power there. But I, I think in general, don't you guys think that like we, like it's important to impart on, cause for years I would think about just how my identity through men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me and, too. um, and I think it's important to sort of explore the idea of like, let's not, let's not fucking do that anymore. Let's like let's think about ourselves let's be selfish you know yeah. as my mom always said be selfish in love it's not <laughs> never even listened. selfish it's just like but but care, an idea. self-care yeah no, yeah self, but yeah. selfish is a good word for it well but but because I, I think we have to redefine everything right. like as a gender yeah um, i also wonder if you've discussed it in this way if you had this group of girlfriends that you were going out with and there was one that was giving him shit about hanging around and like, why don't you leave her alone? And how would he feel if it was going back the other way? And, and not even, not even yeah. like a demand of answer me right now, but think of what this would be like if this exact situation was flipped and it was happening to you. Just put yourself in my shoes. Cause I also think there's that thing of, you know, they say that like when there's a problem, guys freak out and they want to fix it. They don't, you know, they just, it's like, he doesn't know how to fix it and it's a work thing and it's like very problematic. So his, his solution is just don't let this be a problem to you. But really, I think what he needs to think about is, is you like we're saying and how it affects you and how would it feel to him if there was somebody kind of letting him know that he wasn't welcome and that he's a bummer, but you know, that right. he, that like your friends think he's a bummer. That's so shitty. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I, um, I definitely know how that situation would go. Cause like I said, I, I don't care about telling people to fuck off or whatever. Um, but I haven't really presented the idea to him like that, like reverse, like said to him specifically, you know, if this were happening to you, I would have your back kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that might be an interesting, it'll be, it'll be a revealing test of uh, like with your boyfriend a little bit, like how he sort of absorbs if you, if you can be honest with him about all of this and, um, and, and really in, in like have a long conversation about it. It'll be a revealing test for, for, um, how he respects you and you respect yourself and you respect the relationship. Um, yeah, because there's like the first thing I was thinking of is the fear that this guy is voicing something that your boyfriend might not be able to say. And that I think might be where the pain is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so it'd be like, if this guy stops talking, then that means that whole idea is gone. But really that fear is just like, is this actually an issue here? Is this, you know, do you need, is it, are you unable to talk about that you want to spend less time together? So it's now we're introducing somebody that's introducing the idea so that he's not a part of it. And I obviously don't know you and don't know anything about it, but that's, I always think about that when I, in relationships, focus on things that later on I realize I was just focusing on something else because uh, I didn't want to like put my hands on what the real problem was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I've never really considered that but that may would make a lot of sense um, I also have like a lot of um like I really try very hard not to be uh like controlling in any way or anything like that I mean I don't feel like I really am anyway but I do make it a point um just because like his last girlfriend was kind of like just fucking nuts and would like like not even let him hang out with guys alone or anything like that like would have to just be present like with him all the time if he was going to be doing anything social. Just remember that that's, that's what he presented to you. Like if you talk to her and heard her side of the story, that sure, might not yeah. be true. And like, true. you don't have to be the chill girl. Like, I feel like we all try so hard to be like, I don't care. Uh, I'm so fucking chill. Totally. You know? And you're allowed to have your emotions. And one of those emotions sometimes is piss the Watch fuck Watch a ton of off. porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love porn. Oh no, I'm definitely crazy. Like I'm definitely a crazy girl also. And he knows that full on. But so. then sometimes it's also like, I think a good way to approach an issue that you have instead of, you know, being pissed off is to go, my feelings are really hurt by this thing. And here's why. And someone can't get, I feel like if you, someone gets mad at you for saying I have really hurt feelings and this makes me really sad and they get mad at you for it. That's not on you. Yeah. And Katie, you know, yeah, don't, don't be afraid of the future. You're young. Yeah. You're in LA. There's a lot of amazing people out there. Don't feel afraid to like feel your independence if if not everything if things aren't right. I made that mistake, I think, a little bit like feeling like I'm checking my relationship off the list. And um and if that would be the like the final advice that I could give you would be like know know your worth, know your independence, know that you're young and there's so many people out there. There's so there's so much life experience. I hope you get to live it all and uh, and you know and and experience a whole lot of people. And life is too short for you to be in relationships where you're not feeling like this isn't fully this isn't fully right or somebody doesn't have your back or somebody doesn't value you in every way. Cause I view this as a bigger problem with you and your boyfriend, um, than anything else. And, 
um, so, so please, please take that and, um, and hopefully, I don't know that that's at the Katie, are you good with this advice? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, do, do you know what I'm saying though? Like have, have yeah, no, conversations. I, I, I also just was curious, like, I don't know how to, if, if he, if this guy, the coworker were to say something to me again in person, I guess I'm just confused about how to, what did he say to you in person? He was like, Oh, thanks so much for letting like your boyfriend come out tonight. Like, and your boyfriend didn't say anything to him. He didn't hear him. He he literally said it like in my ear as he well, was hugging me. It sounds goodbye. like he's hitting on you, and it. But it also sounds like if your boyfriend doesn't understand, like, like if you can't be honest with him and have like, because listen, like shit, tons of people are gonna hit on you, Katie. We live in fucking L.A. It's gonna happen all the time. But the bigger the bigger thing, in my opinion, is the the relationship with your boyfriend. And if he isn't if he, he if he isn't fully empathetic, then that's something that you that's on you. Then then you need to examine: Do I want to spend time? Do I want to invest time in this relationship? And a knee to the nuts in the meantime is a great fucking way to shut someone up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but but I hope that you know that like like the coworker truly aside, yeah, he's a creep and he wants to fuck you. And but there's going to be a gazillion of those experiences that you'll have throughout the years here. Um, so the, I just think that the bigger question is the the relationship with your boyfriend. And that's my very strong opinion. <laughs> and I'm very unqualified to do any of this. Hey. Katie, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, Katie, will you give thank us an update? Thank you so much. Uh, stay sexy, don't get murdered, and fuck you, Sim. Fuck you, Sim. All right, thanks. Stay sexy. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. All right, that's going to end part one. So next week, we have part two where Anna will start off with your favorite murder and then... <gasps> Georgia, we have yours. We have one more call, and then uh, let's take a little break. We'll be right back. Or next week. Bye. 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 Bye.